Breaking news. A new podcast is brought to you by Brian, the man who comes up with fluid information so you can digest it in your cerebellum. Good morning. It is Wednesday, 1014. It's been a minute. I needed to take a break. My brain its full of these wonderful, beautiful ideas, this tapestry of ideology that just kind of stretches over the landscapes of Nirvana. Not to be confused with the band. And no, Kurt Cobain did not kill himself. Anyways, um, I'm on here this morning because I wanted to talk about lovely, lovely news that's been taking place. And one of the things that have kind of come to flourishing are really this whole budget that's kind of occurring right now, this whole stimulus or this bailout of sorts that the American government is trying to pass prior to the election. And for the first time in really since 2004, CNN is grilling Nancy Pelosi. Um, Wolf Blitzer yesterday um, did his little rant with her. Trump and the, the executive branch, basically, they're going to concede some things and give about $1.8 trillion to the Dems. Dems wanted to spend two point two. The gap isn't about $400 billion. That's insane. It's about where the money is going. Trump conceded that roughly $300 billion would go toward the states, even though those states pretty much um, abandoned their people, many of which let rioting and protesting and burning and down of their cities to occur. Trump gave them a forbearance and said, we forgive you for being complete dumbasses for burning down your city. Here is a couple billion dollars to fix your city. Nancy Pelosi went on a rant for about, I don't know, 13 minutes while Wolf asked her some pretty tough questions. And she accused Wolf Blitzer of being a homer and siding with the Republican Party. It's kind of funny how that works. When you start doing actual respectful journalism, you're called a... a a homebody or a guy that's playing on the other side of the team. The reality is, is that the Dems turned down $1.8 trillion in additional spending that the United States government can't afford. We've been leaning on the Federal Reserve for over 100 years to bail us out of our shitty little situations. We've been in a lollipop land, if you will. We've been living in a... Uh, an illusion and a mate the matrix if you will for the better part of a century every time shit hits the fan we just pull out another iou eventually <clears throat> we're going to get tired of having to do that and people who are willing to accept them are not going to accept them anymore and we have to begin to ask the tough questions of why we have to fight for lower spending so she was quoted as saying that she feeds her people. Food lines. People are starving. They can't pay their rents, their mortgages. The airlines is about ready to go under. All these companies, all these larger companies, are, including Citibank, which I find the most comical, are saying that they can't wait another month for more stimulus. You know, I'm sorry. I do not feel bad for these big companies. 
I don't. I don't feel bad for the big banks because the big banks, the big lenders, have been making money on the bodies of the poor and the middle class for since forever. Since there was a bank, there have been there's been money exploited from every angle. Every angle. Banks are allowed to make ungodly amounts of money on poor people. And this isn't an attack on on capital capitalism or the United States or freedom. It's just reality. I could give two shits what a CEO says about needing more bailout money. You're meaning to tell me that since 2008, since the last bank uh, collapse, that you weren't prepared, that you didn't have insurance, that you didn't have some kind of plan B to get you through a couple tough years? I, I just don't believe it. These big banks need to stop with the asking for receipts from the United States government. They need to start owning their own shit. It is pretty simple to me. If you have a strong enough ledger, you'll make it. Disney, specifically in California and Florida, have laid off 28,000 employees and prior to the pandemic gave out a substantial bonus to their corporate enterprise, their their higher-ups in their company. And Elizabeth Warren, senator out of Massachusetts, what Trump calls Pocahontas, the woman that is beloved by the progressive left, said that she wants to do a congressional investigation on the company of Disney. The company of Disney, who owns practically everything, who understands the vested need to put money in the pockets of their employees, employing 28,000 people is kind of a big deal. I mean, after all, those people are paying for paying for Disney Plus, aren't they? They're paying customers as well. They're not just employees. They understand the ramifications of laying off 28,000 people. But Disney's struggling. But of all the companies in this country, there are only a handful that have really strong ledgers that will ride the wave. Apple, Microsoft, Disney, just to name a few. Really strong ledgers. Really strong ledgers. They could go four or five years of making negative 12, 13% before they start really having to downsize their company. But Elizabeth Warren wants to do an investigation on Disney. This is a company that promotes equality. Their their cartoons and their movies promote love and acceptance. And they preach of transparency and honesty with yourself. They're almost too perfect for society. There's got to be something wrong with them, right? And yet, she wants to investigate them. I would understand it if she wanted to investigate a Home Depot or a Tesla. But why would she want to investigate Disney? Because the left doesn't have any principles anymore. 
Before we go any further, this isn't an attack on Democrats. I have some Democratic, some from the Democrat Party, I, I have some points of view that in line with the Democrats. I'm not going to lie to you. My opinion on marijuana is very libertarian. I, I'm I'm absolutely for that. I'm I'm very not war centric. I don't believe in being a war hawk. I think that the United States needs to be a little bit more nationalistic and not Hitler nationalistic. But we need to be more focused on the United States and what we're doing. We need to, you know, it's it's kind of like when my wife and I are having a conversation about somebody. And my wife goes, well, it's a good thing you don't have to worry about what they're doing, honey, because it's none of your business. Well, it's kind of the same thing here, right? It's none of our business for about 90% of the shit that goes on in the world. That 10% doesn't require a war either. But the left has gotten completely non-democrat anymore. They need to split the tent. That they call. That's the term they use. The tent represents their caucus. Caucus meaning their party. The Democrat Party has splintered off into what we call blue dog Democrats. Guys who are centric. More moderate. People in western Pennsylvania and West Virginia and Ohio. Blue collar workers in Michigan and Wisconsin. And then you have with conservative base with their um, social views, not their economic views. And then you have the progressive left, which is basically people that live in New Mexico, Colorado, Washington, California, and Oregon. They lead the charge. And, And they're all over the country specifically, but the states that have more of these people are represented in these fringe states. And they want to burn the system down. They want to break it. Colin Kaepernick has asked to dismantle our police and and prisons. Not reform. Not reform. He doesn't want reform. He wants to break the system. A man who wore a Che Guevara t-shirt. I'm going to always say that. He would have killed him for being black, folks. Che Guevara would have killed Colin Kaepernick. He would have shot him, hung him, and burned him. That was his MO for gays and blacks. Even though he was from the islands, it was indeed his MO. So there is indeed that. But the left has grown and turned into this three-headed monster of socialist, Marxist, and communist. The Green New Deal is a very Che Guevara piece of legislation. It's very environmentally impacted. that costs more than we can afford. Che was such... I'm calling him on a first-name basis because I use his name all the time. Mr. Guevara, who no longer is with us. His doctrine has flooded Latin America and Venezuela, which was the most prosperous, prosperous, sorry, prosperous country in the world in the early 90s, is now a third world country. Other countries around Latin America are doing very much the same as they find themselves in a more difficult predicament. 
So, where is this going? The point is, is that we live in a society that needs tweaked quite frequently, actually. That's what the elections are for. We have one every two years. And when somebody's not doing a good job, we fire them. We get somebody else. Kind of ironic, Trump's president. He was known for firing people on his show, The Apprentice, for nearly a decade. But we fire them if we don't like them. That was the that was the premise. That if we don't like our representation, that we get new representation until we find the right person. Unfortunately, for example, we have a Republican here in Western Pennsylvania that ran for state Congress, uh, state rep. So in Arizona, I'm sure they have them here. They have state reps. We have representatives who basically run the caucuses. Um, in Harrisburg, which is the capital, which is a shithole, reminds me so much of Topeka, um, a town that is run down and ragged and run to shit because it's run by big government douchebags that don't know how to properly run a budget or lead a project. But this dude, his name's Guy. Republican, and I'm going to call him out. He's a veteran. I love when veterans use their veteran status, by the way, and they're not even qualified for the damn job. It's like, I'm a veteran. Oh, that's great. Do you know how to do the job? Guy worked in a warehouse, owned his own company, ran for state rep, and in less than two years is now running for Congress for the federal government. I guess you do two years and you go on to a, an upgrade in position. <clears throat> you didn't prove that you could actually do the job. You didn't prove that you actually do the job. But hell, it's it's climbing the ladder, right? He's ambitious, fair. Give him a break. No. I want to see him do his job first before I decide to give him a chair. In our house of representatives. I'm sorry. I just don't feel like giving it to him yet. He needs to prove himself. And this happens time and time again throughout history. Our governor in Pennsylvania is a multimillionaire who owns his own company. And in fact, would rather hire people in Connecticut to do work than hire them here in the state of Pennsylvania. Because it's cheaper to hire people in Connecticut than it is in Pennsylvania because of the unions and the lobbying that occurs for the warehouse jobs that he has in his jobs. So here we are revisiting why we have representation when it just gets bought and paid for. And Guy is clearly bought and paid for. And many like Guy are bought and paid for. That's why they're allowed to climb the ladder. Hillary Clinton was a lawyer in the 70s and 80s. She married Bill. He ran for governor, then president, and she was the first lady. And in 2000, when the Clintons left, she ran for Senate, having had no damn experience in politics or political theater other than being the first lady. But people gave it to her because... She forgave Bill. And she was a senator for six years and then ran for president. She went from being the first lady 
president, a presidential candidate, in less than eight years. I'll say that again. John McCain, who I'm not a fan of, by the way, God rest his soul, was in office for over 25 years and had only one try at the presidency. Hillary Rodham Clinton was first lady on January 1st, 2000 and ran for Senate and two years later and then proceeds to run for office four years later as a presidential candidate. And she was the leader, by the way, for the Democrat Party. Not Obama. Obama came out of nowhere. And of course he decimated her. He was more qualified. So here we are, full circle 2020. The Democrat Party is no longer the Democrat Party. It's Republicans, Democrats, and then everything else that has mutated into the fungus that is the progressive ideology. It's funny how smart people become very stupid when they let their feelings run their prowess. They care about people. They want to see people succeed. But are they really thinking about this fourth dimensionally? Is it cost effective to give everybody a livable wage, a livable income? Unfortunately, the United States is no different than any other first world country. We have poverty. We have poor people. It is the way society works. I was poor. I was poor. When I got out of the military, I was broke. I was making just above minimum wage for well over three years while I was going to college. Poverty. On paper, poverty. I was making less than $20,000 a year cash, taxable income. And the government still felt the need to take my money. See, here's, here's the angle. Before we decide to have these very convoluted conversations about who's right and who's wrong, whose party's right and whose party's wrong, can we all just admit they both they both are in it to do the same thing, which is make money. Nancy Pelosi has nine figures in her checking account. Obama came in before being president <clears throat> with less than a couple million dollars in his checking. Like his entire portfolio, a couple million dollars. He now lives in an $8 million mansion. Bernie Sanders, and I'm I'm naming Democrats, but there's Republicans too, don't get me wrong. Bernie Sanders, a man who accomplished nothing in his life. His entire career, he has run as an old progressive socialist independent for the better part of 40 years. Folks, there are videos of him in the 80s teaching socialism, Marxist ideology. He ran... For, for office back in the 80s and failed four times. The only thing that he is proven to accomplish in the state of Vermont, this tiny-ass state in Vermont, 
tiny-ass state in Vermont. You look at it on a map, it's not much bigger than Rhode Island, folks. Is he convinced over half of those dumbasses in Vermont that voted to vote for him? That's it. And once he got in, he convinced him to do it over and over again. That's it. That's all Bernie Sanders has ever done. He's never led legislation. He's never actually led the charge. He's just talked. He's talked really obnoxiously. When he lived in the Bronx, I think it was, when he lived in New York City, his wife is the breadwinner in that relationship if you don't count the fact that he's had his super PACs loaded. Where's that money coming from? And don't tell me it's from his $180,000 a year job in Washington, D.C., which, by the way, is incredibly expensive to live in. It's all a game, folks. That's the whole point of this, this podcast today is it's all a game. To pitch you against me and me against you, your thoughts against mine, who's smarter than who. It's all a big joke. And we're all in on it. We're all buying into the hype. We think that Trump actually means everything that he says. One of his biggest campaign things that he said in 2016 was that he was going to use the defense budget to spend to pay for the wall if he couldn't get the proper funds allocated from the Senate. And guess what? He tried it. And the Supreme Court the court decided that was unconstitutional and they couldn't he couldn't do it. They all make promises they can't keep. Your guy on your wall, on your hill is not perfect. Nobody is. And I think in today's era of social media and transparency, you can't lie about shit. Facebook told me I had Crohn's before I had Crohn's. That's that's the kind of privacy we're dealing with right now. Jesus Christ himself could not get away from being perfect. If Jesus was alive today, we would find out he's got six kids. He has a, a smoking problem. Maybe he drinks on occasion. And he's into BDSM. He's into some really raunchy porn. Nobody's perfect. And not to talk shit about Jesus, if those of you who take that offense, I'm sorry, it was supposed to be funny. The point of it is, is that nobody's perfect and that in in this world with technology the way it is, we are just so fundamentally flawed that it's just there for us, everybody to read and see. So what does this teach us? It's taught me to not throw stones when you live in a glass house. To not be a freaking hypocrite. To indulge in being human. To indulge in being imperfect. And strive to be the best that you can and improve constantly. Nobody's asking you to be perfect. Nobody's asking you to apologize. Just do your best. Be empathetic. Recognize your failures. Move on. The thing about being human, I think that it's not taught enough. And watching this show on TV, and I won't tell you what it is, this kid tells this guy, hey, I fail all the time. What's wrong with that? I didn't get to where I am in life 
Even if I lost my job tomorrow, I still would consider myself a success. Because I fail constantly. My first semester in college, 1.8 GPA. Out of call, out of school for the better part of a decade. Graduated, recovered with a 3.0. Went to grad school, graduated grad school with a 3.75. What's the learn there? The learn is, is that I improved. Facebook, I joined in 2009. My grammar sucked. My wife constantly would message me telling me, Ryan, you spell this this way. You spell that that way. You spell this this. You, you put the period here. My writing has grown expedition, exponentially. Like I'm, I'm so much better today than I was then. But that's the thing about life is it's a big tease, right? You, you, you come into the world knowing shit. And you leave knowing just enough to. So with that, um, sorry, somebody called me. Spam, by the way, called me in the middle of that. Um, I will try to plug this right where the last thought ended. And we'll go into another segment shortly. But that being said, everybody, seriously, take some time to reflect, appreciate one another, Tell somebody that you love them that's not your kids or your family. Um, and be there for them, regardless of how they think. My aunt is a hardcore, hardcore liberal. I wouldn't even, if I had to put a word on it, I wouldn't even say she's even kind of centric. Like, to me, politically, she is the exact opposite of what I am and what I envision for the world but she's family and I love her. We have some commonalities we can share. We don't have to agree on our politics. There are things that she likes that I like. Let's share those things. Let's not focus on the things that we're not quite the same on. That's easy. It's easy to do that, quite a bit actually. Those that are successfully married would tell you that you don't win by finding your differences. You win by finding your commonalities, by supporting one another, and by showing grace. Those things, and I will continue to preach them, are what make us better than every other animal on the animal kingdom. Grace is not hypocritical. It is kind. It is patient. It is understanding. It is not all-knowing. It is understanding. Your partner is not perfect. It is not easy to achieve. It's not easy to do consistently. But I can't tell you how many times I've been yelling at my kids or I've been pissed off or I've done something. And in the process of doing that, I think to myself, I'm going to have to apologize in like five minutes, but let me finish. <laughs> Those things are important. Being able to apologize, even if you know you're right, just being quiet. It's hard to do those things. It's hard to do those things. So I hope everybody has a wonderful day. 
We will pick this up later. But I hope this podcast, even though it was a bit of a filibuster, I hope it brought you some some substance today. I hope you had a wonderful day. I hope that you continue to have good days and understand that it is October 14th. We have a couple more months until the end of 2020. Hopefully the candidate that you choose doesn't, um, whether they win or lose, doesn't change the way you are as a person like it did the last time. And that you, along with everybody else, can can focus on just achieving the best version of yourself. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.